always love preaching in January. I tell you that often. Uh, I just love this kind of topic. It's just faith-filled, and I love preaching this way. We've used this verse as our theme verse for uh, this particular series found in the book of Psalms, if you take good notes. Psalms 37 says it like this, The steps of good men are directed by the Lord. And everybody knows that part. By the way, I forgot my handkerchief today, so don't look closely, but this is a napkin. But I'm, I'm protecting you in the splash zone, come on, from, from spit. So anyway, the steps of good men are directed by the Lord. They're, they're ordered by the Lord. Everybody likes that. Everybody likes to think, man, my whole life, you know, kind of has this direction that God has ordered all of my steps. And I get to my final destination and God's, you know, God's hand was on it. But we, do, we miss the next part of this verse, which I think is the most important. And that is God delights or, or, or He's interested in, God celebrates Every step, each step that, that people take, that there's something about taking a next step, something about just starting somewhere, just, just, just go, going to the gym one time. Come on, everybody. Just, just doing that one thing, that sort of taking that one class online, reading that one leadership book, going to, that, going to that one group, just signing up for marriage counseling, just that one next step. That, that, that you're moving towards your destiny. Last week we said that it's not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to be harder before it gets easier. And you can't dream your way into your destiny. That, that the devil's biggest ploy, I really think, in your life, if he knows he can't destroy you or destroy you know, your marriage or your destiny or your purpose or the thing that God put inside of you, if he can't destroy you, at the very least, he can distract you. And if he can distract you long enough, he'll delay you from getting where it is you know God's called you to be. Anybody ever experience anything like that but me? Where you just feel like, man, I thought I'd be further along. I thought, I thought we'd be there by now. I thought it would happen. But, but it's, it, just, it doesn't come that way. It all starts, write this down. And the final message, I just kind of want to wrap up this series this way. It all starts with a step. And then I want you to ask yourself, write this in your notes. What is your step? What's your step? What's the thing God's calling you to take a next step in? What's the thing that you know that this is the direction God's called me? This is what I'm supposed to be going that way. I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to be different for everybody. Probably everybody here has a different step that you're on. Is it, is it marriage counseling? Call, call tomorrow. Just schedule the first one. Is it going back to school? You don't have to take 19 hours and, 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 and do, you know, you don't have to do all that. Just take one class. Just, just take a neck. Just read one book, cover to cover. Anybody, anybody ever uh, have a problem finishing books? Come on. I, I have about, if you ask me right now, what are you reading? I'm reading about 10. You know what I mean? But I finished about two. That's just, that's just where I'm at. I start a lot. You just finish one. I'm going to finish this book. If you struggle with prayer, your next, just pray 15 minutes. You say, I can't pray an hour. I wouldn't know what to say. You can take 15 minutes praying for your spouse. Come on, that joker needs it. You know that. You got 15 reasons why to pray, to pray for him. Like, just, just, just take your next step. Just attend growth track. Next week uh, is, is growth track. I know it's football Sunday, so come to first service. Stick around for the second, during second service. You can become a member of City Hills. You can just join the church and say, man, I'm ready to put down roots. Like, that may be your next step. Go to a connect group. Matter of fact, this afternoon, when the connect group directory opens online on our website, you'll be able to go right there on your phone to cityhillstx.com slash groups. You'll see a link that says find my group. And they're not all there because some of you are still trying to decide whether you're going to host one. And, and, and so you'll see some more jump on during the week. 
But those, I think there's, there's 37 groups as of yesterday that are ready to launch this week. That's amazing. Come on, you ought to clap for that, everybody. That's amazing. There's something that fits you. I, I'm leading a group uh, uh, for, for parents called Parenting on Purpose. I need all the help I can get. You know what I'm trying to say on that. I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and, and, and I need this. I probably need this curriculum every single semester. I probably It helps me more than it helps anybody else. But there, there, there's, there's Bible studies, and there's, and, and there's, there's meal prep. Come on, there's meal prep, everybody. I don't know what that means, but I like the two words, meal and prep. You know what I mean? Like I like the idea of y'all prepping me some food. I don't even know what it, exactly what they're going to do, but I like the idea. Like just find something that's yours. There's, there's free. If you don't know where to go, let me just give you, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching about groups today. Let me just give you a little plug. If you don't know what group to join, I'm going to ask everybody in this church. If you, don't, if you don't go to any other connect group, there's one group I want you to do this year, and you can do it this semester, and it's a curriculum we call Freedom. It's a 12-week curriculum about how to, how to get past your hang-ups and the stuff in your life and unforgiveness and bitterness and sort of rooting through all of that stuff. And it ends with, a, with an amazing conference where we just kind of take a night and a morning and just and sort of give all of that to God and ask Him to fill us back up. If you don't know what to do, go to Freedom. There's two, two Freedom groups I know of uh, that are launching this semester, one on a Monday night, one on a Thursday. Same exact curriculum, just whichever one fits your schedule. Just get, That may be what it is that, that God's calling you to do. Everybody Everybody's got a step. Everybody can do something. And, and, and listen, the goal of this message series, I know you're thinking, man, uh, you know, four weeks to, to, to just tell me to get in a group. Here's the reason why. Because I want to do what Philippians said. Paul said this in Philippians. He said, I press on toward the goal. I, I just keep walking toward the thing, the prize that I know God's called me to. My job is to pat you on the back my job's to push you on the back towards pressing. Come on, everybody. Like the last four weeks, I've just been in a, I'm pressing you so that you'll press on. I'm, I, I want you to move forward in your life. I don't want you to get settled where you are. I don't want you to just stop where you are. I want you to have a I can't stay here kind of thing. Amen, everybody. I want you to decide. This is, this is where I'm going. And honestly, you can't get anywhere. You can't, you can't have a destination if you don't have a point of departure, uh, we, we, uh, uh, we use uh, maps on our phone a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm very directionally challenged. Brandy will tell you that. Uh, I struggle getting out of our driveway and knowing which way to go. Like, it's just, like, it's bad. I'm, I wish I was kidding you, but I'm not kidding you about that. Brandy can go one time. Right now, she can go to the moon just by looking at just a simple Google map. She just, she's just better at it than I am. Is that true of all women? Anybody? Yeah. Anyway. No? It's true of her. And, uh, and, and, so, and so I'm not the map guy, like I'm not, I'm not the directions guy, but she is. So she'll pull up, you know, Google Maps. And the, the, the crazy thing about on your phone, on Maps or Google Maps, I don't know why you would use the Apple Maps. But anyway, on Google Maps on your phone, the craziest thing is you can't just put in your destination. You know, you can't, hey, Siri, you take me to Burger King or like hey 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 Siri take you know take me to City Hill you can't do you have to you have to tell it where you're departing from so you put in a destination and then you got to put in a point A everybody you know what I'm saying you got to tell it here's where I'm currently at you can't get anywhere you're going until you decide to leave where you are 
Like you can't get to the promises of God in your life. You can't get to that business God's called you to start. You can't get to that healthy marriage you know God's got for you. You can't get over there if you don't decide this is where I'm at and I got to leave here so that I can get there. Shout amen to that everybody. You got to have a point of departure. You got I know when we travel Brandon I, I love traveling around the country. You, you got it takes about where we live in, in San Antonio Central Texas it takes about eight hours to get out of this country and go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like every trip we take, you take eight hours to get out of Texas, then you go somewhere else, you know. Then we can travel the world in the next eight hours. But it's eight hours to get out of Texas. But I love driving, uh, you know, on a trip because wherever we stop, wherever we stop, everybody sees your Texas tags, and that's like, a, that's like coming from Mars, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, hey, bro, you from Texas? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Texas. What about it? Bigger truck. I got out of here. I'm short, but I wear boots. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm from Texas. What about, like, you, Texans just, we get out defensive. You know what I'm talking about? Like, we just get out bowed up on, some, on somebody. Like, you're in Alabama. You get out there like, you're from Texas. Yeah, I'm from Texas. What about it? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I come ready to cut somebody. You want to talk about that? Like, pulled up to a gas station. The guy, the guy said, you're, you're from Texas. Yeah, where are you going? We're going to Pensacola Beach near, near Destin. We, 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 love, we love that area. And, and, and he said, well, you, you, know, that, you know, this ain't here. I kind of pointed down there. He said, you know, this is not here. I said, hey, partner, I know. I know I'm in a gas station right now. I can't see where I'm going, but, but, I'm, but I'm going there. Just because I can't see it from where I stop doesn't mean I'm not there yet. I'm just passing through here. Some of you have sort of stopped because you can't see the destination. I know the beach is over there somewhere. I know, I know, I know I got, you know, it's, I, I, know, I know I can get down there. Just, but I can't really see around Texas, you know. It's eight hours to get out of here, and I don't know, man. I hear it's great skiing over there, but I can't get over there. And I hear, I hear it's wonderful, the beach down there. By the way, if the only beach you know is Texas, you have not fully lived, my brother or sister. Like, I, they're just, I know it's down there, but you'll just get discouraged because I can't see it from here. So we'll just settle here. We'll just pretend Galveston's a real beach. Like we'll just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We'll, 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 just, we'll just get settled here because I can't see where I'm going. Just because you can't see where you're going doesn't mean that God doesn't have it for you. When you get so full of faith, listen, you're going to be able to see some stuff you've never seen before. You're going to be able to see the promises of God and not the problems in your life. I thank God for a church like this. This church, listen close. If you're new here, we don't see problems at City Hills. We see people at City Hills. You understand what I'm telling you? Nobody here is a problem. These are people. Everybody's got a story, got a past, comes from somewhere, got something. Even the people that think you don't, the religious people that come in with religious stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Got, got a big Bible. I'm talking about like a family Bible. Like, You know what I'm talking about? Like arms out like this right here. Like, those people, everybody's got problems. We don't see problems here. We see people here. And people have purpose in their lives. And you have purpose in your life. And even though you come with some stuff, even though you come with some baggage, it doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for you. You look at our church and you think, man, we're in a movie theater. How, how, how are you going to do this? What are we going to do? We don't. Let, let me just give you some glimpse into our team and the leadership here at City Hill. We don't see a movie theater. We don't see portable. We see an excellent environment and we see God's house every time we walk in here. I know it smells like nacho cheese, but this is God's house, everybody. Come on. Like We, we don't see problems here. We see what God sees here. We see from a different perspective. We don't come in low. One of the values of our team, you join the dream team. By the way, that Andretti's deal is going to be unbelievable. 
uh, all of our Dream Team parties coming up. If you were at Dream Team Rally, you heard it. But anyway, it, we, we don't see, like when, when our Dream Team comes here, we don't, we don't see, you know, what, what's wrong. One of the values we have is we choose joy. And, and, and you say, does that mean people come to City Hills and fake it? No, they don't fake it. It's not called faking. It's called faithfulness. Let me say that again because i gotta, I got to clarify some of your theology. It's not faking it for you to come to God's house and put a smile on. That's not faking it. That's called faithfulness. I'm choosing joy over my circumstance. I don't see all the problems that's there. It change, when, you, when, when, you change, when you get so full of faith, your eyes change. A, a large part of doing something amazing for God and seeing God do something amazing in you is changing what you see. It's changing what you see. Let me give you a story from the New Testament that illustrates this the best. You've heard this if you've been around church a while. But the disciples that Jesus had just taught, the huge crowd of people, and, and, and the disciples, there's only 12 of them, and Jesus is 13 in that small group, and, and, and they're there. And then there's a huge crowd of people that come had, and they'd heard Jesus teach. And apparently he had taught long. I don't know. They put a, a clock in front of me, so I can't preach long. But Jesus could, whatever. And nobody, nobody left. You know what I'm saying? Went to the other church. Anyway, so, he, so he's teaching along. I'm not bitter. Anyway, he's teaching a long time. And, and the disciples, real, I'll just read it to you. Here's what it says in Mark 6. I love in the Living Bible. Here's how it said. It was late in the afternoon. You know, he had taught like past 10.30 anyway. And late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him, to Jesus, and he said, I love this. I love this about church workers, not our staff, but other church staffs. They say, tell the people to go away. They on my nerves. Tell them to go to nearby villages and farms and buy themselves some food. (laughs) Y'all work on y'all. I'm tired of working on y'all. Y'all go buy yourself some food. There's nothing to eat here. Watch this, underline this in your Bible. In this desolate spot, and besides all that, it's getting late. It's a desolate spot, and besides that, Jesus is getting late. Now listen, sometimes the greatest miracles you'll ever experience are in the most desolate times in your life. Sometimes the the, the greatest miracles you'll see Jesus do in your life are in the times when you look around and don't have an answer. I'll go further than that. Those of you who are over the age of 40, 50 years old, I love you. I'm so glad you're a part of this church. I love a multi-generational church. Come on, everybody. I I love that you feel at home here. But listen to me. Sometimes you'll feel like I've missed my time. It's getting late. Some of the greatest miracles in your life are not behind you. I know, I know it's easy to sort of look back and think, well, I've raised my kids and I've done, and I get I guess I've seen the best days. No, no, no. I know it's getting late, but there's still more miracle Jesus wants to give you, everybody. Some of the greatest things in your life you'll experience in desolate places, in lonely places. And the disciples are in the middle of a miracle and they can't see it because they're focused on the mess instead of the majesty. They're focused on the problems and the mess in their life. And if you're not careful, you'll miss the majesty of Jesus because you think it's so desolate here and there's no hope here and there's no food here and there's too many problems here and all the reasons why I can't here. And the disciples could have missed the miracle that was right in front of them. Where are you focused in your life? What's the mess? Is your marriage a mess? Are your finances a mess? Is your career a mess? Is your health a mess? Where are you at? What are you focusing on instead of the miracle in front of you? There's the Son of the living God in front of them, and all they see is the mess. 
Write this down. What you see, what you see determines whether you speak in faith or fear. What you see determines whether you speak in faith, God can do anything, or fear. God, how are we going to feed all these people? What you see, what you focus on. If you're focused on the mess, you're going to say something like this. Jesus, there's, too, there's no food. There's too many people. There's thousands of them here. This is a desolate place. It's getting late in the day. How are we ever going to make this work? Jesus, we've gone to every marriage counselor in the city. We can't seem to make this work. Jesus, we, I've tried all of my best. We're on a budget. We still can't get on top of our finances. Jesus, we've gone to every doctor. I, we can't get an answer. I'm just, it, it depends on what you focus on. It, it, whatever it is you see is how you talk, what comes out of your mouth. And if you only see the mass and not the majesty of Jesus... And you'll, you'll speak in fear instead of faith. There's so many of us who are praying in fear and not faith. You, you ever done that? You ever ask God, <laughs> you ever ask God, God, can you see what I see? Like, do you see this? Anybody else but me ever done that? I have literally asked God recently, God, do you see all these people right here? Like, do you, do you see how we need a building? There are hundreds of people who come to a movie theater. God, we need space for kids. God, we need, we need more connection. We, we need more time. We need to add another service right now. God, what are we going to do? I've asked God sometimes, do you see my problem? Oh, y'all too spiritual. Talk like that to God. Okay, okay, I'm not. God, do you see what I'm dealing with here? And God, I, I don't know, it's not like I've heard him audibly, but I think God is saying, I see your problem. Do you see the answer? Like, do, do you see that I'm the answer to everything that you need? Do you see I can do anything, work anything out, heal anybody, save anybody, restore any relationship, make anything come up? I can do anything. I'm asking if he sees the problem, and he says, do you know the answer? That's better preaching than your amen. There, there, there's, so, there's so many of us who, who, who go to Jesus with our problems. And the crazy thing, these disciples, they bring, a, listen to this, they bring a problem to the answer. <laughs> it's, like asking the number, it's, it's like asking the number four, do you know what two plus two is? I mean, I, I mean, you do know I'm the number four. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know you're the number four. But do you know what two plus two is? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the answer to the thing. And every time you pray in fear, you're going to the answer going, yeah, but do you know how bad this is? Yeah, but do you know how terrible my marriage is? Yeah, but do you know how bad the doctors reported? And God's going, yeah, 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 I know. I know all that, but I'm the answer to all of that. I, I, I got everything you need. I can do anything for you. I know, I know that you're scared to take a step. I know that you've heard this preaching. I know that you're thinking, man, I, I want to do what he's talking about. I want to go where God's called me to go. But I got all these problems and reasons why I can't. And God's going, yeah, 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 yeah. But do you know the answer? <laughs> do you know who you're talking to? Do, 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 do you know what I can do for you? It's like blind Bartimaeus. Y'all calm down because I'm trying to be cool. There's new people here. Y'all act cool. <laughs> blind Bartimaeus, if you're new to the Bible, he's blind on the side of the road. Calling, been blind since birth. They actually refer to him as blind Bartimaeus. Come on, somebody. Like dumb Mitch. You know what I'm talking about? Like just. 
How would you like for your nickname to be your problem? Blind Bartimaeus. It's, it's, it's funny till you realize you live just like he did. He, and he's on the side of the road. Mark 10 tells the story. When Jesus asked him, that, what's this exchange? Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What, 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 do you, what, what do you think? I, like, I, ca- I can't see. But it's, it's not that the answer doesn't know the question. It's that you need to know the answer. It's, it's, not, that, it's not that Jesus didn't know. It's that i got to get you to know I can do whatever it is you need me to do. What do you want me to do for you, blind Bartimaeus said. And he replied, hey, I want to see. I, I, they call me blind Bartimaeus for a reason. Come on, everybody. Like... I'm Ray Charles out here. This, this is what I need. I need sight. I I need this thing. Not asking Jesus to help you would be like blind Bartimaeus asking Jesus for a brand new walking stick. You know, if you could, my my stick's broke. If you could just give me a stick and Jesus is going to stick. Why would you need a new walking stick? I can completely heal your blindness. I can open up your eyes, yeah, but if you'll just repair it. I, I, I I, I don't need need an amazing spouse. I just need an okay marriage. Why would you do that? I don't need a new job. I just need to barely pay the bills. Why would you ask for that? Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to fix your stick or do you want me to open your eyes and heal you completely? I'm the answer to every question in your life. I got whatever it is that you need. Listen to me. He's been God long enough to know that sometimes You don't even know who he is. You don't even realize the majesty in front of you to ask him for the miracle. So we we go back to the story. And and, and the disciples ask Jesus, what do we do? Well, like, what do we do with all this? How how are we going? And I love, love, love the empowering, equipping ministry of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, it's one of the hallmarks of this church. Is that we empower people to do what God's called you to do. I don't do all the ministry here. Our staff doesn't do all the ministry here. As a matter of fact, the first fireable offense in this church for a staff member is you doing all the ministry. It's not what God called us to do. God called us to equip and empower you, the saints, Ephesians 4 says, to do the work of the ministry. And Jesus modeled this with his disciples. Jesus, we got a problem. Jesus, these people are hungry. Jesus, what are we going to do? Here's Jesus' first response. Look at this, Mark 6. Jesus said, you feed them. <laughs> I, what, are you, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? And, so, and some of us have gone to God year after year going, God, what are you going to do about this? And God's going, what are you going to do about this? What step are you going to take? How, how are you going to move this thing forward? I, I can do the miraculous what you can't do, but you've got to take the first step. You, you feed them. And then, and then they argue with God, which is never wise. With what, they said. What do you want us to do? It would take a fortune. I love these guys. It would take a fortune to buy food for all this crowd. How much food do we even have? (laughs) Jesus, again, I don't know. Go find out. (laughs) I love it. You're the son of God. You know how much food we have. Yeah, 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 but I'm not going to take your step for you. I need you to participate in the miracle. I'm not going to take that first step for you. And so many of us are praying God would lift our left leg and put it down in front so that we could move forward. And God says, no, no, no. I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you more than halfway. I'll do what you can't do. But I can't take that first step for you. 
You feed them. You, you, you go and, and, and find out what it is they need. This assignment seems so impossible. What are you talking about? We've got to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, probably 15,000, 20,000 people. We've got to figure out you're the Son of God and you want me to figure it out? Write this down. Jesus will often ask you to do something that only He can help you do. There's some things in your life that God's asking you to do. That when he asks you, he knows they're going to need me to do the thing I just asked them to do. Jesus will often put things in your life, opportunities, things that he wants you to move forward. He'll ask you to do something that you need his help with. Because if you could do it on your own, you'll start thinking you're God. You'll start thinking you're powerful enough, you're strong enough, you're, you're equipped enough. No, 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 i, I got to go back to God. Jesus asked them to do something they couldn't do on their own. They knew, he knew that they would need him. You know the reason why? I'm, I'm, I'm going to pastor you for about two minutes. You know the reason why we don't see more supernatural in our lives? Because we have enough natural to take care of it. You ever looked in missions? You ever looked in Africa at crusades at hundreds of thousands of people getting saved and hundreds of thousands of miracles and, and dead or raised back to life and blind eyes open and deaf ears? I hear it all the time from our missions partners literally around the world. You know why? Because they don't have any natural to heal themselves. They need God. But when we have enough, we think I'm good enough. I don't need God. I don't, uh, nobody can anoint me with oil. That's silly. I'm just going to take care of myself. You keep working that. See how that works out for you. But when you get down to nothing, it's amazing how God can step in and do what only He can do. And so, and so th th they go, man, I don't, I don't know. We don't, have, we don't have the money. We don't have the people. We don't have the stuff. And sometimes you'll disqualify yourself, not because the task is big, but because you forget who you're talking to. You'll forget you're talking to the answer to every problem in your life. And God's asking you to do something impossible so that you need His help to do it because I'm not enough. And because you're not enough will always be the reason. Listen to me. Look at me. Quit waiting till you're enough. He's enough. He's enough. The disciples go, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how we're going to do it. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And so, and so they, start, they move through the crown. I don't know how it works, but they move through the crown. Verse 38 says, they came back to report to Jesus all that we found. Now, this is funny to me. 15,000 people show up. They only, they only found five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, I personally think this guy's country. You know what I'm saying? This fellow right here came. He came right. You from the country, you pack a snack. You know what I mean? Anybody ever do that on a trip? We'd get on a trip. Mama, mama said, baby, get some little Debbies. Put them in the car. Come on. We're going. I said, Mama, they got stores on the way. Don't, you don't backtalk me, boy. Go get the little Debbies. And, we'll, and we packed a snack on the way. I know he's from the south. Only in the south do you pack that much bread and that little bit of fish. You know what I'm saying? Like, only in the south. And that, by the way, that ain't nine grain whole wheat. That, that right there is white bread. You understand me? This is all the real deal. This is all we've got. It's not enough. I, it's almost silly I'm bringing this to you. It's not enough. And Jesus said, so, so let me get this clear. You, you mean you can't do what I've called you to do without me? Okay. Give me what you've got. Listen to me. I'm teaching you now. Give me what you've got. And when you give me what you've got, I can do more with what you couldn't do. I can do infinitely more with what's not enough in your life. 
In other words, when you feel weak, like I can't overcome this addiction, I just can't. I've tried. I can't. God says, give it to me. Put it in my hands. And you're not enough in the hands of the answer becomes more than enough. I, I, just, just, I just need you to say you need me. God's not trying to change your situation. Listen to me. He's trying to change your perspective. He's trying to teach you in this series that if you'll take the first step and give what you've got to Him, that the miracle happens next. Now, now, now i got to read it quick. Verse 39, here's what happens. Jesus told the crowd to sit down. Soon, color, I love this. I love the Living Bible. Soon, colorful groups of 50 and 100. I love that. If you don't go to a multicultural church, you ain't Bible. Come on, somebody. A colorful group of 50 and 100. Each were sitting in the green grass. By the way, they got in groups of 50 or 100 because even when you get a miracle, you need a connect group. Y'all thought I missed it, didn't you? All y'all spiritual people talking about, I just need to, no, you don't need to get along with God. You'll get a miracle, you get in a group. So he took the five loaves, that's good, isn't it good? He took five loaves, they thought they got me on that, they didn't get me on that. Two fish, listen, listen, he's got it in his hands. Notice who's holding the problem. Notice who's holding the problem. He's got it in his hands, the answer. Looks into heaven. And gives thanks, underline this in your Bible, and gave thanks for the food. Until you learn how to be thankful for what you do have, you can't ever expect God to bless anything more. If all you do is complain in your prayers, God cannot work a miracle in your life. If all you do is complain about your husband, complain about the job you do have, the car you do have, the house you do live in, the kids you got, the relationships you've got. If, if all you do is tell God, I, well God, I mean look what you gave me here. God says, well... <laughs> I can't do anything more with that. Jesus takes not enough, gives thanks to the Father for what he does have. And he broke the loaves into pieces. Underline that in your Bible. He gave thanks. He blessed the, blessed the food. Then he broke it. And he gave some of the bread and fish to each disciple to place before the people. Once again, uh, we don't have enough. Okay, well, go get me what you do have. Okay, now bring it back to Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to bless it and break it. There's, there's teaching there I'm going to give you. And then I'm going to put it back in your hand. Why didn't you just go feed the 5,000? Because you'll always be a part of the miracle. It's never going to, it's never going to overpass you. It's always going to come through you. Your, your fixed marriage is going to come through your step. Your, your relationship that's repaired with your kids, it's not going to be some miraculous thing, that lightning bolt from heaven. God's going to go, I'll bless it, I'll break it, but I'm going to put it back in your hands. Now you go distribute it. Now you go do what only you can do. I did what only I can do. Now you go do what only you can do. And the crowd ate until they could hold no more. Notice the process. Now listen, I'm done preaching. Notice the process. He's blessing something that's not enough. Look at me. He's blessing something that's not enough. And it's not until he breaks it that we lose count of it. We could count it all until he broke it. It was always five loaves and two fish, five loaves and two fish, five loaves and two fish. Then when he broke it, we never hear five loaves and two fish again because you'll only lose count after you give it to Jesus and there's a breaking. And the thing you're asking God to deliver you from, God is using for a miracle. 
Because the blessing comes first. It's the blessing and then the breaking. And if you refuse to be broken, listen close. If you refuse to be broken, you're refusing to be blessed. God can't do a miracle in your life if he can't break that stuff up in your heart. That's why he said, you've got, a, you've got a heart of stone. He said, I want to I take that heart of stone out and give you a heart of flesh. What's that mean? i got to break up that stoniness in you, that heart. I can fix this. I'm a man. I, I work for this. I can do this. I'm a strong, independent woman. You can't fix you or you would have already fixed you. And so you, you take what's not enough, you put it in the hands of more than enough, and he blesses it. He gives thanks for it. you got to change your perspective. You cannot complain about what you cannot control. I, this, is, this is yours, God. I put it in your hands. You're going to have to bless this. And then he breaks it. And, and the breaking is the miracle. Brokenness. Write this in your notes. Brokenness is the process between the promise and a blessing. Brokenness is what happens between when God says, I'll feed everybody here. And then he actually feeds everybody here. I've got a purpose for your life, but I've got to break some of that stuff out of you. You may have to go through pain and hard times. There's brokenness and a miracle. There's potential on the inside of you. There's purpose on the inside of you. I'm done preaching. There's promise on the inside of you, but listen, it's a breaking. And Really, the only way I know how to describe this is kind of my stage of life. I'm a parent of young children, and every time we go somewhere at night, there are demons from hell that sell light-up things. Do you know what I'm saying? You wear them around your neck. You wear them around your arms. You know what I'm saying? And they're $92. They're $92 each. And, and your children scream for them. And you're like, baby, I just, Daddy just paid $100 for us to get into this cheesy circus. And now you need, you don't need no light, baby. You glowing right now, okay? <laughs> but we do it. Well, mama does it because mama's a pusher. It's not true. That's usually me. And we and we take out $184 for two of them, you know. I remember the first time Hazel, my little girl, put it around her neck. And, 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 she, and her eyes, she was devastated. It doesn't work. doesn't work I took it off the back of her neck I said baby this only works when you 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 gotta you gotta crunch it in your hands you gotta and it activates the thing on the inside there's a breaking that activates the thing and it won't work until it's broken and there's no miracle until it's broken and so for the finality of this message here is I got to tell you, quit praying for your way out of this. Start handing what's not enough to Jesus. Saying, okay, God, I, I, I see where I got to get to. I see the big plans. I see the dreams. I see where you're headed. But I don't have enough. I'm not smart enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We're in a desolate place. It's getting late. Just put it in his hands and see what happens. It is show up as blessing. I'm going to give thanks for it. It's not enough, but I'm, I'm thankful for it. And then you'll watch a breaking. I don't know what. Could be that. Could be something else. And 
It's in that pain and brokenness. I want you to, I want you to change your perspective about destiny. I want you to change your perspective about the promises of God. It's in that brokenness. That God will give you the greatest miracle you've ever seen. And in 2019, as you walk into this year, as you walk into some painful times, some desolate areas, some times when you don't have enough, when, 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 you got, when you got more questions than you got answers, I want you to go to God. And I want you to give Him what you don't have enough of. Could be your finances, could, could be relational, health, whatever. And then and He's going to bless it. And then listen, it's, it's, it it, it's going to break. And He's going to put it back in your hands. And you'll take a next step. You'll keep walking. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to keep walking this way. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but Jesus, bless this thing. Jesus, bless my marriage, my kids, our finances, my job, our stuff. There's purpose now. My joy is coming back. Some of you need to hand them your peace and, and your mind, the battlefield of your mind. I'm preaching to you this October about the battlefield of, of your mind. And you give it to Jesus, and, and you think, oh, my gosh, this is so broken. I'm so messed up. But I'm, I, if he puts it back in my hand, I'll take a step. I'll call a counselor. I'll get in a connect group. I'll go to freedom. I'll do that. That's easy. You mean, you mean all I have to do is sh- just show up. And for 12 weeks, somebody will walk with you. What is that? That's you taking what's broken in your hands and, and just walking forward. Just saying, I don't know how it's going to end up. Am I going to get delivered week one? I don't know, maybe. It could be week 12. Is it going to be at the conference? I don't know. It could be week 10. I'm just going to keep walking forward with what I got in my hands that's broken. And you'll end this year, listen. You'll end this year where the steps of good men have been ordered of the Lord. One small step at a time.